like to make a little toast. Here's to a long life and a happy one. A quick death and an easy one. A good man and an honest one. A cold pint and another one. Cheers, Cheers boys. boys. Cheers. Cheers. Well, it's been a month and a half. Sorry. Kind of fell off the face of the planet. Uh, but we're here. The Life Outside podcast. Back in the studio. A.K.A. Austin's Kitchen. Um, today... We are drinking some Yellowstone whiskey. Uh, I'm not a whiskey guy myself, but here we are. And we have a great, great guest on today. One of our closest, dearest friends and an absolute animal of the outside life. Uh, Someone who completely embodies the mindset of living the life outside. Mr. Adam Jocks. What's up, Adam? Hey, what's up? How you doing? good Austin I'm happy Adam's here that's for damn sure we're back back in the saddle yes and watching a lot of Yellowstone so shout out to Yellowstone whiskey yeah I'm really pumped about it so what have you been up to man so deer season has started um and almost come to a close now as we get to the January 1st deadline got out quite a bit during shotgun season getting after it now in black powder season and Hopefully, see something. Sadly, Colin's seen more deer than me, which sucks. Not Probably surprising. closer to him too. But I mean, I've, we're we're on him in this era. We know there's a couple eight six pointers there, and that's what we're going after. That's just, I mean, it's close to home and easy to get to. I'm gonna get it done. That's that's the goal. Get it that's done. That's the goal. That's the goal. You got to get out there. I mean, you've been spending the time. It's only a matter of when. It's not if. It's when. So. Yeah, and I've seen deer out there when I go out there. It's just that not being the unlucky guy in Massachusetts with a doe permit, just kind of what's been holding me back. So I, I'm still trying to get the first you know monkey off my back and get the job done. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, as you said, I've seen a hell of a lot more deer than you um, when I'm out hunting. And by hunting, I mean with a camera. No real good shots of deer yet. Um Oh, you had Some, a couple good facials there. Yeah, nothing nothing real close. Uh, was chasing some in the woods a little while back. Had them run up on me. They were like 30 yards away. Clearest shots ever, but couldn't get it done. But it happens. Been spending some time with some wildlife, eagles, owls, stuff like that. And yeah, just been trying to get outside as much as possible we're not going to say outside as much this episode um that's probably like 10 so if you are playing the outside drinking game that's you're good to go but enough about us mr adam jocks how's it going man it's going great man it's going great yeah, yeah it's good to see you guys it's been, it's nine been about nine months since i last saw you in person so to be sitting here with you guys today just you know chopping it up pretty excited and to talk about the life outside and be one of the first people on your podcast this is uh this is exciting so well appreciate you coming on um we definitely knew that when we started this we had to have you on just because the type of person that you are i mean just to set a little bit of a background everyone kind of has that friend that like is wild and out there adam kind of is that guy um i've always said that randomly we're gonna wake up one day to a snapchat and of him from the top of like everest or something and he's come close similar situations sent some crazy crazy summits 
Yeah. On so, Snapchat. So, yeah, soling the Green Mountains in the winter. You know, I mean, we'll get to the knife's edge in Colorado. I mean, some of the stuff we do, did together out in Wyoming, it's just like, why the hell are we doing this? And I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for this guy. So, yeah. Just craziness. Yeah. So, Adam, what really got you into exploring the outdoors and, and hiking and stuff like that? I think it yeah, I mean, it started when I was younger. I mean, I've always had an interest in, in being outside. Uh, I grew up in a household of three boys, you know, plus my mother and father. And, like, we didn't have the biggest place. So things, you know, got crowded and it just didn't want to be inside cooped up. So we'd go outside with the brothers and, you know, we just, you know, grew a love for the outdoors and being outside and that's what we would do is we would just go outdoors and have well, a I good think, time. I think Adam and I kind of grew up in one of the last neighborhoods in the early 2000s you know, when we were kids, but we got out after, you know, we ate breakfast or whatever on the weekends. I mean, we were out from 9, 10 a.m. until dark. I mean, you go back home for lunch, your mother calling in for dinner. Like, hey, we're meeting up, da da da, we're doing this, playing manhunt. You know, we used to play guns, we used sticks as guns, pretend to, you know, play army or cowboys and Indians or whatever. And that's what we were doing. We were swimming, night swimming. I mean, we were just doing our thing all the time. And then when mom called, told you it was time to come home, we went home. Mm -hmm. um, and we lived in a neighborhood where you had a few groups of families with boys your own age and we playing wiffle ball soccer i mean whatever we had decent yards we were able to do that i think that's kind of been lost in the generations that have followed us since we're now like a generation from that which is crazy, crazy. <laughs> crazy. um and i think that's where it kind of really started is just being able to get out there at such a young age and just stay out there for sure for sure yeah 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 i mean you see it now like kids i mean you see it with your own kid awesome like they're able to pick up an iphone and know what it is and how to use it and operate it yeah my son facetimes more than i do and it it's mind-boggling and how how sucked in to technology and stuff people get especially at a young age now um but it is a little bit of a lost art in terms of going outside exploring exploring the outdoors and and enjoying that so adam i gotta ask what <laughs> what encourages you to climb like say the green mountains and solo summit in the dead of winter when it's negative what 10 20 up there like extremely cold windy snowy lack of cell service you know yeah so i think it has to do with a lot of different factors uh one of the main one was just being bored i was like you know i want to want to challenge myself i want to go do something that's difficult and to do something like climb a mountain you get a very different feeling and almost like a like a primal feeling when you you go and you actually summit a peak that's you know fairly difficult to get up to there's like this rewarding feeling you get when you do get to the top of something that's almost seems impossible to get to and as like simple and basic as something like that sounds you get an extreme feeling and like ecstasy out of doing yeah, it's something kind of, it's, like it's that. kind of like a high it is yeah. it's like it's a natural high you get where you don't you don't have to do anything except trudge up there and it's a it's a different 
it's a different realm when you're that high up, just kind of looking down on everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it puts a lot of stuff into pers- perspective. I know that I've talked a lot about like my astrophotography work and stuff like that, and how much that puts into perspective. But every time I'm, I'm on top of a peak, it's the same way, but just like looking down because you're you're so high up, um, and everything seems kind of small. The issues, the worries, stuff like that. But yeah, it's a very simple process too, you know, but. You learn a lot about yourself, especially if you're going out there and doing it alone. Like it's a fun experience to share with other people because you're both, you know, you're kind of going through the suck together and, you know, you're outdoors and having a good time and seeing new things and experiencing things with, with that person. But I was interested in doing those hikes and those little journeys totally by myself just to kind of like see what I was all about and to see if I could be comfortable in a real you know, slightly dangerous, but uncomfortable situation. So I just started, uh, I started with the Green Mountains because I knew those were, you know, decently big and difficult to hike in the wintertime, but they weren't impossible. You know, heard a lot of stuff about them or that they were, they could be difficult. And I was like, well, let me go in the wintertime, the hardest part of the year, especially when it's cold, there's ice, there's rain and and do it that way but the reason you went in the winter was literally just because it was hard because you do not like the cold i don't that's where I, that's where i'm a little confused <laughs> yeah so and i think that's part of it too is i i do not like the cold i would much rather be at the beach under the sun um or just like just have it be summertime all the time but um i was like yeah you know it, it's gonna be difficult to get up there in the winter time and i was like just looking for a challenge you know how sometimes in life things become too easy just like you're going through the motions there's not a whole lot of change going on you're like you kind of just you burst out and go do something crazy because you've been going through this you know easy lifestyle your whole life and things were starting to get a little too easy for me and I had to switch it up so what I did is I used the mountains as like a, a challenger for myself to go out and, and do that i mean a way to seek discomfort i'm a huge proponent of that yeah, exactly as I, it's on, as his I sweatshirt. Wear the sweatshirt. on yeah, his sweatshirt on his arm right, yeah. right. but yeah i mean <laughs> so you decided to go in the winter like no summer preparation no no like small mountains in the summer small mountains just in like the summer, but nothing stuff. crazy no nothing crazy just just small stuff and uh i did i did uh mount ellen which is oh. like it's a little over four thousand feet i did that in the summer so that was like my first major peak it's only like four a little over four thousand feet in elevation but i went and i did that one with my brother and that was difficult because we had over 100 pounds of gear with us i think i had 110 pounds of gear on my back going That's up crazy there. and i could for you. overpacked overpacked because it was my first oh, yeah. experience going up into yeah, the you mountains. Only went up there for a couple nights right yeah a couple nights and then we ended up running out of water so we're like we got to get out of here because <laughs> it's so hot in the yeah. summer Especially up there, it's like 90 degrees and all you're getting is sun. There's no coverage. But that was the first one I did and that gave me confidence to go and do those mountains in the winter because I've already been up there. Yep. So just started doing local stuff, started running a lot, get my cardio up and uh, just basic exercises like calisthenic workouts, doing sit-ups, push-ups, pull-ups, you know, nothing crazy, but just max repetition to get my body tough and able to to hike up a mountain with weight on me 
Yeah, that's crazy. 110 pound pack. I mean, I I struggle sometimes with my like 40, 50 pound pack sometimes, and that's pushing it. Um, when I'm out shooting and stuff like that. But man, 110 pounds up a mountain, up a 4,000 footer, that's a. It was ridiculous. We had like a I had a full a ruck, a duffel bag, yep. and um a gallon water jug in my left hand, and in the duffel bag there was two gallons of water. That's crazy. Plus equipment, and then that's a crazy. Good full full ruck with with um. Just camping gear, tent. So did you make your brother carry anything, or he, he yeah, I mean, he, he actually gave bag. me the duffel bag because he couldn't carry it up. Oh, man, sorry Noah, but <laughs> you did. You did give me the duffel bag. I, I I hold that thing up. It was crazy. Sounds like an insane time. So winter, you get to the top of this summit. It's cold. Do you chill around for a little bit, or do you just no, like, get the hell long. up there and then get the hell down? I sit up there for as long as I can, like, tolerate it for, you know, however many pictures I want to get. Mm-hmm. But I'm not up there for very long because it, it's so cold, man. Now, what's what's the total trip, though, in the winter? Because it's in Vermont. You know, we're from Western Mass. I mean, do you leave early that morning? you stay overnight? How's that all work out? Because it's freezing. So, usually it's off a of whim. It's it's <laughs> it's not the exact. truth comes out. <laughs> Usually, it's like I it's in my head, but I don't know exactly when I'm gonna go. If I do have an open day, then if I don't have to work, so it's I'm just based on your work schedule. It's not based on like weather reports weather. or you know, no, not really. Four thousand foot peak. Oh, weather doesn't change up there or anything. It's I mean, perfectly fine. in the winter time, like I I try to see if it's clear. Yep. Um. But I've gone up there without checking the weather before, and it just happened to be nice, luckily. Cold, but... So, like, the process of it is usually, yeah, it's kind of just random. I'm just like, hey, I'm feeling like hiking up a mountain today. Let's go do it. And then you know how far they are from here. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, it's a haul. It's, I mean, it's a few-hour drive at least. At just least to get three there. hours to get to the big boys. Yeah, so way up there. It, it's And it's a long, kind of boring drive. For the most part, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, especially oh, yeah. like after fresh snowfall. That's it's true. Like, That's true. Vermont's beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean, love Vermont. It there. I, 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 this year, I think I found a new appreciation for that state, especially the fall. I spent probably two weeks straight in northern Vermont, Northeast mm. Kingdom, yeah, northern New Hampshire, Stowe area. Oh man, it was absolutely insane. But yeah, just getting up there is is a force. Mm. I mean. There's so many times where I've been like, ah, do I really want to drive this three hours? But then to throw on climbing a mountain in the dead of winter <laughs> on top of that, that that takes some some mental drive and just, it's crazy, man. That's... Yeah, I can't relate. I mean, I ski at Mount Snow. It's only an hour from my house. I can <laughs> do the morning and come back yeah. and sell the rest of my day. <laughs> and I go to the lake in Wilmington. So that's kind of the way I'm out. I love Southern Vermont because it's nice and close and not massachusetts and something different to do but yeah i'm not driving three hours on a day trip to climb a four thousand foot peak and come back no thank you <laughs> did we even mention the name of the summit that we're talking about mount ellen yeah so you oh, got yeah. mount okay. ellen yeah so i summited mount ellen um mount mansfield and camel's hump those are the main ones yep There's and those a, ones are the ones up by smugglers notch and stuff like that right yeah yeah they're they're way up there they're, yeah. they're close to canada it's a haul so you're, you're driving at least three hours to get up there but it's like like the process how it usually goes down is it's random mm-hmm. i get up there um i pack you know just enough food and water that's gonna last me for the the day and a half two days that i'm out there 
And then I try to get my my Hyundai, my sedan through the trails, which has always been a struggle. Yep. Um, but they're usually like, you know, pushed out enough to where I can actually get my car in there and get it out somehow. It just it doesn't seem possible when I'm doing it. But I force it. I haven't gotten stuck yet, so but once I get there, I will either stay the night and just kind of like, you know, meditate in that zone for a while before I even climb it. And um, then the next morning I get up real early before uh, it gets light out and just start trucking it. And I try to go as fast as I can because I don't really want to, especially in the winter, I don't want to be out there for very long. I'm just trying to get up and get down. So I, I bust up there. Um but like the whole process of like driving that distance just to go hike up a mountain, it's actually like very peaceful and you learn a lot about yourself, especially being alone and just you're kind of in your own thoughts and you just take the experience for what it is. And I've been like really enjoying um, going out on those little excursions where I just take off and I don't have to worry about anybody except myself, my own well-being. So we're getting into wintertime now. And while we don't really have too much snow here, I think one good thing to do to like highlight is like gear wise, what do you prepare with? Like, what do you have on you clothing wise or safety wise? So you're ready to go for bagging a peak when it's that cold and there's possibly snow and ice and, and things like that. Um, especially for anyone in the Northeast or in the United States or abroad where it's going to be wintertime, going to be hiking in snow, stuff like that. Uh, any any major, major tools or, or gear or clothing or anything that you, you see that is like 100%, you have to have it on or else you're done. Heck yeah. Um, definitely have yourself like a little uh, like medical kit just in case you cut yourself or you – break something or sprain something you know you have you have the tools to wrap it up and stabilize it uh, as well as like a heat blanket you know because if you do get stuck out there you're you're in danger because it, it gets really cold sometimes especially this time of year like negative in the negative degrees so that uh, a lighter something to start a fire with and uh, like crampons uh, things that you hook to your feet that are kind of like like claws, yeah. which is basically going to give you... Yeah, ice cleats, clamp-ons, yak tracks, whatever you call them. Those things are so great, especially out here because everything's ice. It ice yeah. is up real quick. Yeah. Those, um, some trekking poles. If you want to make it easy on yourself, get some trekking poles. Those things save my life. Um, and having a light, like a light source on you. But that's like like the basic level. Like you should, yeah. ha- you oh, yeah. probably should always have those things minus the crampons and whatnot. Um but those things will will help keep you alive if you get stuck out there. And I like to carry extra food rations with me too, just in case I'm out there longer than I'm supposed to. Um, and I invested in a sat phone. So Perfect. yeah, just in just case, like, that. especially when I went to Colorado, I needed that sat phone because I planned on going, I planned on going up a mountain alone. And if I got injured, I, I would have needed to get medevaced yeah. out of there. Or flighty backed, however you yeah. call it. Um, but those those things, like like main resource, especially out here, if you're trying to hike the Green Mountains in the winter time, like that stuff's fine. And then um, 
just like limit to the amount of cotton you're wearing, especially if you're trudging up a mountain. Like cotton's real good if you're in a <clears throat> if you're in a like steady spot where you you're just kind of hanging out, chilling. Uh, it'll keep you warm. But if you're moving and grooving and you're going up a mountain and you're sweating, that cotton gets filled up quick with sweat, and as soon as you stop, you start to freeze. Yeah, as soon as you get to the top, I mean, that's like when you were saying, you know, you just take a few pictures and go down. Well, probably, probably a little bit of that is because as soon as you stop, I mean, even today, I'm hiking through the woods. It's 45 degrees out, but as soon as I sat down to where I was going to sit at the end of the day, I got a little chilly with that wind picked yeah. up. You know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm wearing cotton. I'm, you know, a mile from my house. I'm not anywhere crazy or anything like that, and it was actually warm out. But when you're on top of a mountain, there's wind, cold weather. That's the last thing you want to do is start sweating. I mean, even when you hike Monadnock, you know, in the summer, and you yeah. stop for that, you know, 15, 20 minutes at the top before you start heading down, it gets chilly quick when there's a 20-mile-an-hour breeze. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I kind of ask those questions a little selfishly in uh, a month, heading out to Jackson Hole again, and talking to a few friends out there, and they're saying, oh, it's negative 10, negative 20 in the morning. So trying to make my list now so i'm prepared because i got some fun stuff planned bringing my dad out he's probably gonna kill me for how cold it is but you know well we also learned last time how unprepared you usually are when you go out too oh yeah well this time i won't need bear spray um i don't think no you shouldn't you should be there i mean other than wolves but i'm not too afraid of wolves to be honest with you they're pretty standoffish, aren't they? Yeah, they're pretty docile. I think most stuff out there is. I mean, especially if you follow the national park rules in terms of like yardage between yourself and an animal. But yeah, so I guess there's a good segue. And you guys a few years ago went for a quick trip out to Jackson uh, yeah, and the Tetons. Five days. Five days. Yeah. On a whim, though. It wasn't like... It was definitely on a whim. So it was like, have, I'm going next week. So we have a thing. friend, yeah. shout out Luke Torito, friend, future guest, um, who after college graduated, moved out there, became a what, ski instructor slash guide, rafting guide, all that. Came back home this year and actually started his own business. Uh Berkshire Bike Tours on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Great local company in Western Massachusetts. Uh, if you want to learn how to ride a bike and on the road or down the mountain, hit them up. Um, highly recommend them. Luke lived out there, and this is like two years ago now, 2019. Sitting here at this table, and we're like, you know, I'd actually done some traveling that year. I went to visit our boy Sam in California, which was great. Kind of same thing. Nice five-day quick trip. And like, let's go visit Luke. This is beginning of September. Let's go visit Luke. So, I mean, it's not the best time to go out there. It's kind of like the transition to fall and winter. But, like, let's go do like it. September is good. At least that's, it, like, I'm, that's well, where I, I'm aiming for, we, for my return We trips. were lucky where we had all the weather. Literally, we saw 55, 60, and sunny rain, snow, wind, like, all on the same day. But we'll get into that. Um so we we're just like kind of sitting here to channel like let's go see him and next thing i know adam either comes back later that day or the same day or the next day whatever it was and we're buying plane tickets my boss was pissed <laughs> i could <I> imagine <laughs> like hey sorry i'm going to wyoming next week um if i could do that i think i'd get fired yeah i wish Honestly. i could and I, i've i've definitely pulled it was that close move. i'm not gonna lie was close. i, I was wish like, i could hey, still man, do I that go. um, i gotta go do it but yeah. it, it was kind of one of those things at that time in our life where we could 
kind of get away with those things. Um, you know, my boss at the time was like, send it, you know, yeah. go get after it, obviously. I was very thankful for that. But not the best planning because when you book a plane ticket two weeks out. It's expensive. Very, very, very expensive. Especially Jackson Hole. I mean. Oh, yeah. That area is expensive in general, but yeah, two weeks out. I mean, I, you're talking seven hundred round trip per yeah, person. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's like triple what but I paid. You, for I mean, all my you, you got a base on the fact you know we don't have we have a free place to stay. Shout yep. out Luke again. You know, that's awesome. Thanks for being a homie. Um, and then we rented a car, which we got swindled into renting a very expensive car <laughs> i mean it was gonna be expensive regardless but we got f-150 like a brand new ford f-150, f-150 lariat it's big yeah that's big crazy. truck you really went through gas we like, didn't go nuts. anywhere with it but i mean we did but we didn't like go off-roading with it oh, i mean which we should have I we should have went we way were off you ready for it though we were we were very when we ready. went to grand target it was we, we all right we did it should have ripped that thing so so we left you know, two weeks later, my house at, what was it? It was a Thursday? Because we went like, yeah, Thursday to Monday. Or however that works. Maybe Wednesday. 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 Uh, I left my house, 2.30 a.m. wake up. Eastern time. Yep. My wife drives us to Boston. Got there way too fast. And then she made it back in time for school. She's a teacher. At 7 a.m. So, Boston back. That's pretty solid. That's two, I mean, minute, two hour. I, I think she got way. back at like six o'clock. She she flies so. Um, flights weren't too bad. Chicago, Jackson, and then all of a sudden we're in Jackson Hole. It's like twelve their time, so like two our time. I don't know. Did you feel like jet lagged all over? I mean, we were we we're probably already tired. I felt the elevation. Yeah. Uh, first off, because that was the the first place where I've been. That I think Jackson sits sits at like. Six, six or seven thousand feet in elevation. So yeah, I think when I got there, I definitely felt it in my chest. Um, But right, like getting right off the plane and and seeing Luke, we like we got our truck, saw Luke, and Luke's like, "Hey man, like let's go for a hike, like right off the mark." So we're like, "Okay," and he goes, "Yeah, we're gonna do like a nine, ten mile loop." We're like off the plane, off the plane, off the plane, and first time in elevation. Especially especially when you get you get out there, and even if you get in the car. You feel the elevation. Here's, like you feel your breathing different. Here's like, the training we did. We did a four-mile run from my house to Waitley and back, like, a day after we booked it, and that's it. Jesus. Yeah. You guys are nuts. Absolutely insane. I didn't expect it to hit, to hit me like that. So I, mean, an, I definitely felt it. So a nine-mile hike. Was this the, the Delta Lake hike? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Jesus. Luke picks us up, or well, we get our truck. We follow him to this spot he hooked us up with sandwiches clutch um we eat we've already been up for 12 14 hours whatever it is it's probably i think about two o'clock jackson time that time by the time we started hiking uh because we landed at like 12 30 rent the car all that crap eat um we go in T- uh, grand teton national forest this is both our first time there first time out west you know, the Mountain West. I went to San Diego where it doesn't yeah, even compare. Cali doesn't count. Doesn't even compare. I mean, Northern well, Cali. NorCal. And, yeah. like, once you get out into the desert, it's a it's a cool environment out there. But, yeah, that 
the Mountain West is, yes, she's, but. So our first time there, um, and Luke's like, yeah, we're going to go to this spot. It's called Delta Lake. I don't know what those lakes are scientifically called or whatever. Mountain lakes. Alpine lakes. Alpine lakes. Yeah, Yeah. Alpine lakes. Um, And we just start hoofing it. Man, I, I, so I, that, that's one of the hikes that like I want to do at some point. And I'm like, damn, that's going to be. A force. You get it done. You just leave early. And... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, damn. And then I've, I've watched like you, people do it on like YouTube videos and stuff like that. It's just like switch back after switch back after yeah, switch back after yeah. switch back, and then scramble, 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 and then you're up at the lake, mm-hmm. and then down, and, you and then probably back. shouldn't do it with limited daylight after and being up for 14 hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you guys are nuts. But it never this is exactly why we're sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we just kind of went up. I'm trying to keep up with him and Luke because they're both in way better shape than I I mean, Luke is a track star out there because he lives out there. Like a billion Adam's yards. just in better shape than me and I'm like 50 yards behind him just trying to keep up. Trying to keep up. Trying to keep up. And I don't know if the elevation was hitting me that bad or I was just that much out of shape or just a combination of both where it was a force. Oh, I bet, dude. I think I was just so high on life that well, I didn't notice until later on. When we started drinking, because after when we got down, yeah, we uh, we went straight to the bar. Or actually, we had we had drinks at the at the base at Luke's car, and we were uh, we were listening out for uh, like elk bugles, and uh, we heard a couple of them. Cause that's the rut, September. Yeah, right? yeah, it, yeah. Late we, September. Um, yeah, but so the hike up, I mean, gorgeous. Like you said, switchback, switchback. You're seeing wildlife, you know, grouse, deer here and there. Um, like they were so close, you could touch them. Some of them, they were so comfortable around people. Like we, we had a deer who was just a hanging buck. around us, just sitting there. You could touch him, and he probably That's wouldn't crazy. have done anything. Yeah, yeah. Delta Lake, though. I mean, that place. If you haven't made that hike or have just, it's on the list. It's it's gotta be. It's, it's beautiful, gorgeous. I mean, it, it's probably one of the most hiked trails in the Tetons. I think. I know nothing At least from about what it, I've, except, from what I've seen, and that it's I did it. and the Tetons are one of the most popular national parks, so it definitely is a highly traveled hike. But to do it and to do it in those conditions where you literally going with no sleep, getting off the plane, and you're just going, man, yeah, that's we didn't even takes, plan it really. We just kind of let Luke take us, and I mean, the most we planned of the trip was our flights and the rental car, so. Mm-hmm. I had I still don't know anything about Delta Lake besides the fact that I've been there. I mean, you're it's saying awesome. it's really popular. Yeah. I mean, no, I have it's, no it's idea. Popular. It's also, it's also <laughs> it's, known as Instagram Lake. I, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't blame it. It's, it's so it's, pretty. It's, it's where gorgeous. All the, uh, the influence. It's gorgeous. Go. You go up there. The water's perfect clear. You got the Grand Tee in the back. I mean, there's nothing better. Did you guys go swimming? No. No. Why not? <laughs> it was like September 26th. Oh man. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah. Well, well no, I wasn't about it. Guess we'll have to go we back. Should've. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do it. Whenever Gotta go you... swimming. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean Glacial Lake, you kinda gotta do that type of thing. I don't know. That might be too nuts though. A little cold. Yeah, I mean if it was July, sure, I'm all about it. But there'd, there'd <laughs> also be a lot more people there degrees. in July yeah, for that's sure. True. Think about true. those alpine lakes is if you do go into them if, if you're high up in elevation 
you come out and you dry off really quick because mm-hmm. the air is so dry out there. Like I, when I was in Colorado, I dipped myself into a lake. We were about 8,000 feet up in elevation. I got out. I didn't even need a towel to dry off. Like my entire body was dry within like 10 minutes. It was weird. It was the weirdest thing. It's no moisture. It's well, I, I guess mean, we should have went swimming. Thanks, Adam, for letting yeah, me know now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that would have been cool. I mean, guess you need to make a return trip. That's all I have to say. Kids and never I'll, been there. He's telling me we should have went swimming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what else did you guys do out there? Anything? Anything that really stood out? Crazy? Yeah, we went to Grand Targhee National Forest. National Forest, which uh, you actually where we were, we had to cross into Idaho. Yep, and come back into wyoming and you're on the other side of the tetons so yeah you have to go all the way around and then uh, once you get around there's this you know little spot where you park and you just take off into the woods and that was kind of crazy because you know there is possibility for grizzly black bear mountain lions to be you know lurking around and we were out there for no longer than like a half an hour, and like the first thing we see is a couple of uh, cowboys on horseback, loaded up, shotguns, like just in, look like they were just you know ready in case something were to attack them. And we're sitting there with our our one can of bear spray per person and just sending it, shirt off, didn't care, and like I felt that was pretty. I knew it was it was probably safe just because that's a you know well traveled area that oh, we were yeah, in, yeah. but even so, like you're out there super exposed, and especially well, like that, if you run into something like, big, it's it's game over. Yeah, that time of year too, like bears are bulking up, mountain lions bulking up, everything's, everything's bulking hungry up and yeah. hungry. Everything's well, humping yeah, or hungry yeah, like yeah. that. That's <laughs> yeah, what's going re- on. They're ready, hundred percent. So yeah, you come into male moose. Now elk, deer. Nope. Yeah, not you a don't good time. Run, run across anything. Uh, but that hike, that was awesome. I mean, that I think that was day two, right? Because we want to take it easy in the morning. I mean, like Adam said, we had a couple beers after our Delta Lake hike. I mean, we were up to like ten o'clock. So we've been up for twenty four hours at that point, yeah. basically. Uh, so we slept in good. Went to, I think, Wilson, Wyoming, it was. Grabbed great breakfast, fueled up for the day, hit Grand Tarkey. It was like an hour drive through Idaho. I'm just gorgeous. Yeah, I, I did that drive when I was out there. It's it's crazy because you're going up the mountain and then down. And yeah, just and it was right insane. around that property we were looking yeah. at. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you go to Grand Tarkey, see the ski mountain. And, I mean, we were literally just hiking through a valley of mountains. I mean, there's snow-capped peaks on either side of you it's fall so you got like the yellow orange on each side and this path is literally straight through this valley which is almost a little sketchy because you kind of see feel like you know there's stuff on either side of you or whatever but i mean just straight through wide open you see anything is hiking for like well must have been an hour or two straight and then we get to there's an there's a fork and you're either going here or you're going there. We chose the Devil Stairs route. Awesome. Hike. Yeah, just think about yeah. that. Like the it's called the Devil's, Devil's Stairs. Stairs. That had to have been straight up. It, it yeah, it was like near <laughs> vertical, just steps that's, that's hiking up. Yeah, probably like 
two foot wide steps. I think you, you had told me to check that spot out. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> the elevation is like crazy in terms of like just length. I don't know what that meter is. They, they probably have some sort of elevation gain per X amount of time. But mm-hmm. Yeah, because you walked like an hour straight out, maybe an hour and a half or whatever. And then you were like walk, hiking up, just up for like an hour, a solid hour. It's crazy. And it's a quick game because going down, we were zooming. I mean, it was crazy as you're going up the stairs, you see hoof prints of horses. And these stairs are like as wide as my body. That's what didn't make sense is we we're like, what the fuck? A horse came up here? It was like, it, like we were having trouble getting up there. I mean, a horse like is definitely like a specimen of an animal, but oh, you yeah. wouldn't think that they would be climbing up these near vertical steps. It's crazy because when we got to the top, you just see the trail keeps going. I mean, we were kind of strapped for time, though, as far as like darkness and stuff goes, because we started probably like 11 or 12. Um, and you see it keeps going. I mean, it just like looks like you're just on top of this plateau. You got the snow cap over here on your right, and you just keep going and going and going. And you just don't know what's over there, but you want to know what's over there. We just have no idea. And we made our venture back down. And I mean, that was that was tough. I was, I was trying to keep up with you. That was not easy. <laughs> that was rough. I was dragging out. I mean, I think with those two days, we hiked like 20 miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. And for someone who doesn't really hike that often, oh, no. how, how shot was your body? Um, Were you like sore at all? Because I feel like that would just take a lot out of you especially if you but you could also be going on pure adrenaline so i was probably the most sore because yeah. i was way more out of shape than adam or luke um yeah it's pretty sore but also living on that western Just high kind of deal yeah um you know having good beer and good food every night so i was looking forward to yellowstone the next day too um yeah i mean i was sore but Big cup of black coffee in the morning, you know, good breakfast. I think we went out for like burritos the next day or something. I'm back on it. I mean, we hiked a lot in Yellowstone the next day too. And I mean, by the end of it, you know, my boots were shot and I just bought them. You know, probably put like 30 miles on oh, them yeah. in five days. Damn. Um, no, no. What about you? Uh, as far as like feeling, like yeah, feeling you, okay. I mean, I could have. I was fine. Completely fine. Yeah, I was feeling good. Yeah. Um. In terms of like the uh, the elevation and getting used to it, I think it took me a day or so, especially like not realizing how much water I actually had to drink to like stay hydrated because mm-hmm. when you're up that high, the elevation and the dryness of the air will actually suck the liquids out of your body and you're, you're way more dehydrated than you would be if you're sitting at like 100 feet elevation like we are now. So I think like the the amount of water I had to drink, I kind of had to get used to. But in terms of like my cardio, my cardio was already pretty good going into those hikes. So I felt I felt fine, and we were eating really well. So That's like we were we were really treating good. ourselves while we were out there. We were on vacation, yeah, getting after it. So there's so much good food out that way. Too. I felt yeah, yeah, I felt good. Yeah, so much good food. I mean, avocados used a little bit more than out here. Um, and but also so we were eating bad. well. We were also just eating a little better i think than i usually do because we needed that fuel uh kind of deal and we know we needed it so that that was really nice um did you guys ever get 
breakfast burritos out there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, I did. There's a spot that I am, like, extremely excited to head back to. I think it was – it's called, like, Dog, downtown Jackson. Amazing, amazing breakfast burritos. Yeah, like, best breakfast burrito I think I've ever had in my life, except for maybe the waterfront in San Diego. I don't know. It, it's Shout close. The waterfront. It's, it's close, but, yeah. So, I think we can kind of segue into – You've talked about it a lot, Colorado. Wait, can we touch on Yellowstone quick? Oh wait, that sorry, was, sorry, no, no, no. That okay. was, we're, we're, okay, we're in day two at Colorado. I'm excited. I'm sure everyone. We're in else day two out of five here. Excited. So okay, uh, let's go to Yellowstone. So one, we got to figure out how to get there. <laughs> Not hard. I, I got to mention this. I made Adam drive because the rental car was like kind of in his name. We split it, but like his license was. They were like, "Do you want two drivers?" I'm like, "Nah, you can do it." And it was a massive truck. I mean, a boat. It's bigger than the truck I drive every day, you know, for work or whatever. But I drive a truck every day. Watching this kid try to drive and park this thing, something I'll never forget. Because it was so big. Oh, jeez. So big and just so hard to get anywhere except for, like, you know, open spaces that it, it was fun. But figured out how to get to Yellowstone. Went into the closest entrance to Jackson. And then this man just went around the loop. Yeah, we literally just took this loop around, and I think it's like the lower loop of the two because there's the Wyoming one. Yeah, and then up north is like um, towards Montana. Montana, and then I think there might even be like Lamar Valley, Valley, and that stuff. You can do some crazy sightseeing up there, like without even getting out of the car. No, yeah, because everything's just so it's so close. Like you're when you're driving, you're driving near valleys that have like a straight drop off of hundreds of feet right next to you. It's crazy, it's crazy. But um, we did this, we did this massive loop, and. uh, it was wild because the weather would would change almost instantaneously up there. Because like when you're up in the mountains, the weather uh, is very unpredictable. So it would be you know sunny, a little bit of overcast, and out of nowhere you would get decked in some like hail or ice within the span of a couple minutes. Yeah. So we were. It's like we hit every type of weather on that little loop that we were doing. Awesome. And uh, in the middle of it, we, we got to this one point where we were sitting there in our car and we, we wanted to stop. The snow was coming down and we see this bison. And he's just hanging out. Like, no, he, he, no, no, he's in, the, he's in the grass. Somehow this man, as he's driving, spots it. It's like probably 20, 30 yards in on the left, like up a hill. And I'm like, what? He's like, there's a bison over there. Pulls over. I'm like, what? We're walking, we're walking. We, so we get out, cross the road. We're walking, we're walking. All of a sudden, we're like 10 yards from the thing because we didn't see it. Because it was just standing still. And we didn't see it. Snow was coming. Dude, snow was coming down. I mean, you would have had a field day with this. It was like perfect conditions because, you know, the sky's dark. Big snowflakes, dude. And next thing you know, you're 10 yards from this thing and it doesn't budge. That's scary. No, just hanging out. And we were just sitting there watching it. And to, to be that close to something that's so big and so powerful... Kind of like takes you back for a minute. Yeah, thought it was a bear at first, and we were stupid enough to get out of the car and go like look at it because like a couple of guys we've like never been out there. We're just so curious, so we're like let's just you know park the car, let's let's jump out, let's go see if we can kind of like sneak up on it and go see what it's like, and you know being in that thing's 
territory was 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 crazy. That's that's one of the things that I really like about Yellowstone though is like you are in the thick of it, no matter where you are. Even if you're in the car, you can be in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Like so many bison just walking in the middle of the road or elk and and things like that. But like you're saying, you saw every form of weather that you could possibly see in a day or like new england we say oh the weather changes daily if you if you don't like it today you like it tomorrow out there it's literally like every 15 minutes the weather changes and then when you're you're changing elevation i think when i was out there i had the uh compass app open on my phone and i was looking at the elevation so as you get up into like southern yellowstone and you're coming back towards the tetons you can get up to like i think it's like 9,800 feet or something like that. It's oh, really? very high for being in a car. That's hmm. insane. And you definitely feel it. Like as you get up there, your body weighs down a little bit more. And then when you get down, it's, it's definitely a crazy, crazy place. I call it the Disney world of nature uh, in general. Yeah. Like my Yellowstone experience is very similar. I feel like a lot of people's is where you just see some outlandish shit. Like, yeah, I think what makes it Disney World is just the tourists. I mean, we were tourists, granted, but I mean, everyone just pulls over on the side of the road. They got a hundred car backup, and you know, everyone's getting out and getting clo- getting too close to animals, all that crap or whatever. I think that's kind of the I, I Disneyland of it. I don't really think of it like in in that sense of like the people. I think of like, all right, you have this ideal scenario in terms of like what can you see? Like, say you go to Disney World, you walk ten feet and you see something completely different. Um, whereas like Yellowstone, you go out there and you have these mountains, you have these cliffs, you have rivers, you have waterfalls, you have any type of wildlife you could like big game wildlife that you could dream of. Um, and I mean, my, my Yellowstone experience was like within the first hour I saw hundreds of bison, elk, cliffs, water, like massive waterfalls, waterfalls that anything in the Northeast couldn't even touch. And it was just like a small cascade that no one cares about out there. And then you got like the geysers and the the hot springs and stuff like that. But then like grizzly bears, coyotes, stuff like that. That like, it's just mind blowing. It's super diverse too. So diverse. You have so many different things in one location and you're like, how is there geysers and miniature volcanoes and all these different types of waterfalls in this one location? crazy we were out there too and we saw a bunch of uh areas where uh, those wildfires went yeah. through so there would be like desolated that, was, that was wild which was like that that took me back too like, was like thousands of that acres is insane you could see with the naked eye just... yeah and that yeah. happens naturally it's like yeah they just all the time yeah you have these these forest fires that just you know take a blaze and it, it could decimate thousands of acres in a blink of an eye it was kind of weird seeing it there yeah so much of this stuff that's not even here anymore especially if you're not expecting it to like because i know exactly where you're talking about and it's like all of a sudden you get there and you're like whoa it's a stark difference between like the evergreens and then you just hit char yeah and it's like a completely different world it is it's definitely one of my favorite places on earth Yellowstone and, and Wyoming and the West, it, it's it's crazy. I wish it was closer. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's expensive to go out there, but it's so worth the trip every time. Yeah, I think we kind of had a 
unique wildlife experience there too, where we only saw one elk in Yellowstone, a bunch of bison. Saw some female moose. Yeah, we, we saw our first moose cows. on our way there and also in Yellowstone. That was cool. That's that awesome. was probably that was probably one of my bigger goals going out there was I gotta see a moose. Yeah. Live in Western Mass. I know they've been around my house or whatever. Never seen them. Been up north in New Hampshire. Been, been all over freaking Maine for two years. Never saw one. But I saw one in Wyoming. That's awesome. Or, or probably like three or four total, which is which is great. Those things are freaking huge. Um, and so we saw one elk. We saw a bear. Couldn't tell what kind it was. It was like down behind a river or like two, three hundred yards away. But if it was big enough to see from there, I got it. Probably a grizzly. I'd like to say it was. I'd say I saw one. Yeah. So yeah, you saw a grizzly. Um, because it was really far away. Um, but I mean that was really it. Just like bison, bear. I got Jesus. Yeah, bison, bear, and elk. And just a lot of bison. I mean, we had this freaking one bison. We're going towards Old Faithful. Yeah, we're going towards Old Faithful. And all of a sudden, there's just this back of the car. So we pull into like, this parking lot. And this bison must have came within 10 feet of our truck. It's crazy. Crazy man over here decides to get out of the truck and go in the back in no. the tailgate. Oh, yeah. And he's like banging Jesus. on the roof. Freaking. He's the type of person that's going to end up on that was like Toron. I'm like, dude, if that thing wanted to, that could <laughs> jump in there with oh, you. Yeah. yeah. Throw you around like a rag doll. <laughs> I mean, not only that, we go to the freaking falls of the Yellowstone. That place is insane. That place was crazy. There's actually is one point. Yeah, you climbed down. So yeah, I, I did a I did something kind of crazy. There was um there's this point for... where uh there's a fence and it's yep. like don't cross this point. It's dangerous. Point. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna cross that point. I'm gonna oh, go man. over there, see what's over there. And I, I like hopped over. I actually got a little video on my GoPro, but I like hopped over and there is just this drop is like hundreds of feet down and it, it looks as if like this part of earth could just like break away at any point like there's a reason why it's blocked off yeah but i went over there and i just like you know got this nice little view where i was and looked over and i could see the entire valley of where that that waterfall waterfall takes yep. in and i just sat there for a minute and was like this is insane this is insane and Everyone should come over here. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it's like such a sheer drop off. It looks like that park could just like break away. And yeah. It's like, it was crazy. Yeah, I can't believe they call it the Falls of the but that's the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the, yeah, the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone, but that's like Lower Falls and Upper Falls. Yes. I think that's Lower Falls yeah. right there. So that was incredible. It's the, probably the few pictures on my phone that like look fake. Even though oh, I just yeah. took my phone, now it was like an iPhone seven at the time or whatever. Unbelievable, just crazy. Yeah, what what area. a place to be. That's yeah. just, I mean, you're standing there. It's like this isn't freaking real. Yeah, like, there's no way. You ever thousands, seen like, thousands of feet drop too? Like, oh yeah. But the colors of like well, that the too, sand yeah, walls the or the whatever sand. the hell it yeah. is, it's insane. Yeah, with the blue water, like, snow on that too is like mint. mint. Unbelievable. I recommend like if anyone's ever going out there to, to see that waterfall and that massive valley. That's 
that's one of the places to go. And just to like walk around out there and just realize how freaking small you are. Yeah. It, it puts things in, into perspective really quick. Yeah, and just to like sit on the edge of one of those cliff sides and just look off. And you can actually, where we were, we were, we were hundreds of feet away from that waterfall and we were still getting like mist on our face coming up from the water. That's how massive it was. We we were so far away from it and still getting crazy. hit with water. Crazy place, man. Crazy. All right, so Yellowstone is pretty wild. I mean, the show is too, but um, also the bottle of whiskey that you may or may not hear being poured in the background and some ice rattling. Uh, but yeah, so you guys had an insane trip into Yellowstone. Now, went back to Jackson, had a few more days there. Anything stand out crazy? It was a good time. Hey, except for the bar. Like, you go to the <laughs> cowboy bar. Like, aside from all the outdoor stuff, the <laughs> cowboy bar was pretty awesome. We did some, uh, some swing dancing, drank our faces off, and just had a, an, an epic time. It was kind of like the the last like final send off yeah our final send off was was going there and having a good night yes there's some stories there i have to stay off the record but also i think the night before we went to the elk refuge literally right outside jackson hopped in luke subaru shout out subaru because that's all you see out there <laughs> no free ads yeah no free ads <laughs> but i mean that thing's probably older than all of us and got us back and forth so got out there had some beers fire Beautiful open sky. You would have loved it, Colin. And oh, had a time. We were planning on camping out there, but rain was coming in, so we didn't. I mean, just what a gem to have! Literally a five-minute drive outside Jackson Hole. I mean, it's attached to Jackson Hole. You just drive up, take your beater, whatever you got, your off-road vehicle, and go up there. Free camping. Grab a spot and just get after. I mean, it was it was so cool. That was probably one of the more and people say like underwhelming, but also like overappreciated things that we did out there. We just hang out out there for a few hours, drink some beers, and just staring head off back in the Tetons. Yeah, listen to elk bugles. Freaking, it's amazing. Yeah, it was just great. And then to think that that fills with elk during the winter—that's one nuts. thing I'm super excited for—is exploring that area this winter because I think they plow most of the main roads out there, which so excited winter time all of the large animals like that come down into the valley stay somewhat warmer than they would be in the hills elk moose bison stuff like that super super excited for exploring that area i didn't really touch on that last time um it was more of a astrophotography trip but this time wildlife focus landscape focus stuff like that but yeah jackson hole jackson that whole area man Roadhouse Brewing. I mean, that place was delicious. Their walrus beer. Closest thing you get to a New England IPA out there. So delicious. What were those things we had that you get at the freaking grocery store? Sloshies or whatever? Yeah, so they got this like really unique thing out there where you go to the grocery store and in their liquor department, they have a slushy machine. And what they do is they, they spike the slushies. So they that ask you, like, do you want a single or a double? And they pour you a bottle of slushy, but it's mixed with, with alcohol. And you can take it to go. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's all different kinds, too. You Probably got your whiskeys, your tequila. 
whatever you I mean, want. Also, in the grocery stores, I mean, you can get a pint and shop. That's amazing. Yeah. See, that's why Wyoming is the best. And drink it while you're just walking around. I mean, Massachusetts is so wrong because I would shop all the time. <laughs> yeah, right? If, you know, grocery shopping, if I could have a beer or two while I'm doing it. I'm in there long enough to have a beer or two anyway, so might as well have a beer or two while I'm exactly. doing it. Um, but yeah, so we got a couple sloshies, I think, last night we were there. Hit up a butte, just hiked this butte, and went over to like the local high school's football field, brought a football. We're kicking like field goals and stuff. I mean, it it was a time, dude. It, it was, was. Just, uh, you know, we're tossing touchdown passes. None of us played football, but I mean, it was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Just so much fun just getting out there, just getting after it, doing random things like that. It was just a blast. It's an epic trip, man. Being able to like, if you've never been up there and you're used to, you know, just like small town living like we are and you get up to a place where everything is just way more expansive and big big sky country it blows your mind it really does like i recommend anyone who's who's trying to you know get their explorer on go go check a place out like that go out west well even that even if you don't do the crazy hikes it's such a good area to explore Mm because you can like the one good thing about the national parks is they're so accessible. So like regardless right. of your age or your physical ability, you're able to see a lot that you wouldn't be able to see. I mean, especially out East, like you can't really see these types of sites, but the national parks do such a good job at making things accessible for people. And I mean, if you can do the hikes, do them. Cause then you're off, off the beaten trail, but on the beaten trail, but you're away from the people and it's, great you have you and nature and you're you're just out there um but yeah it's wyoming wyoming has my heart forever amen i think amen. that's gonna be a place that. that i will go yearly or semi annually or something like that for, for many years to come cheers to wyoming um but adam i tried to segue into this earlier and Austin kind of kicked me back because we got to talk about Yellowstone. But sure. Your Colorado trip is probably one of the craziest things out of like the people that I know and I associate with have done. A hundred percent. A hundred and thirty percent. Like, I, I just remember you talking about it and then you sending us the videos of what you did. And I'm going to let you explain what you did because I could never do it any justice so i guess just just kick us off as to what happened in colorado okay so like leading up to that trip i did a whole lot of planning in preparation in order to get my my body and my mind right because uh the mountain that i was planning on summiting was the biggest and the gnarliest that they have in colorado this mountain's uh capital peak and it's uh, located in the Elk Range near Aspen. Um, if you look it up, it's you look at it and it it'll it looks like a small Everest. Basically, um, it stands at about fourteen thousand one hundred and thirty six feet. Um, so, like leading up to this point, obviously it was one of those things where it was kind of off a whim. I was like, you know what? Uh, I've done a lot of hiking. I've done a lot of rock climbing. It's, it's time to take it up a notch. And my brother was living out there because he's in the Army. And he, you know, he lived 
you know, right within these mountain ranges. So call, he called me up and he's like, Hey man, why don't you come take a trip out here? And as soon as he, you know, put that out into the, out of the universe, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta find something to climb because I'm not going to just go out there and not climb anything. So I found Capitol Peak. It looked gnarly. It looked crazy. It looked like something that I would, I'd want to do going out there. So I started studying the shit out of this mountain and learning the correct route to go up, exactly where you have to go, how you have to go about it, because it's 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 a crazy hike. You got to go about seven and a half to eight miles uh, into the valley where you get to the base of the mountain, which is Capitol Lake, and then you are uh, you're hiking a little over. 4,000 feet in elevation to get to the peak and everything's near vertical man it's it's a lot of elevation gain and you're gaining a lot of elevation fast so if you're not in shape going up you just so it's like a two-day trip or like a three-day trip it's a two-day trip so you so you can go up to like kind of like base camp the lake sleep over go up and then all the way back down yeah, you, I mean, people have done it in a day where they, they run out there. So they run all the way to the base of the mountain, and then they hike up it, and then they run all the way back. That's insane. Which is crazy. I mean, this is a place that, if you Google it, it comes up as, like, one of the most dangerous hikes in Colorado, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's argued as one of the the most dangerous, if if not the most dangerous um, crazy. summit, or 14er, because there's, there's about 58 14ers that are that are out there some are more dangerous than others but this one is definitely the one that people wait to to summit usually they do the majority of the 14ers before they take this one on and this was my first (laughs) and i haven't hiked anything over four thousand feet before hiking this one so and how long were you in colorado for to be able to do this five days and with a mountain like that you you have to you have to plan it out on a day where the weather is going to be perfect it's gonna be perfect because if you're up there and the weather is any sort of dangerous windy rainy it's not the place to be you just don't want to be up there um and there are some guys who were up there the night before who got caught in a storm and they came down they were shook these guys were like hey we're lucky to be alive he's like don't go up there they turn around if it's if the weather's too crazy if it's raining and it's thundering and lightning turn around it's not worth it and uh, I passed right by him, and I was like, send it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we uh, we had a lot of buildup coming up to this hike. So I did, I did about three months worth of, like, cardiovascular training, making sure my lungs were going to be in shape because going to Jackson, I felt it. Um, felt it in my lungs. It was tough, you know, being up there in elevation for the first time. So I like read up, uh, learning new ways to um, get ready for like high elevation climbs. So I would do uh, a crap ton of cardio and um, uh, calisthenic exercises to get my body in shape. And I felt really good while I was out there. Um, so we got out there. We adjusted for the first couple days. We went on a few easy hikes, um, did some cliff jumping and um, just kind of like getting the body ready, getting the mind right. And then uh, finally, we uh, we actually 
get to where we need to be. Tyler's car was a Subaru and it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> lifted enough. So like trying to just drive out there, we were hitting every little like dent in the oh, ground. Man. Thing was like, thing was rattled and I get there and I'm looking up at this mountain. And I'm like, this is going to be, it's going to be an epic journey. Cool. I'm ready to go. And uh, I see this couple who's also going up and, you know, they got their helmet, they got their trekking poles, they're like ready to go. And I asked them and I was like, I was like, hey, are you guys trying to summit? And they were like, yeah, just, just comfortably like, yeah, we're, we're going to go summit this mountain. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I was like, you mind if I join you guys going up there? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So we kind of like kept seeing them throughout our hike. Like they would get ahead of us and then we would meet up with them. And then they would get ahead of us and then we'd meet up with them. And it's just kind of like we kept seeing them throughout the entire hike. And then once we actually got to the base of the mountain, they trailed off and were in their own campsite. And we were just like in awe of, you know, what we were seeing. This mountain's huge. Like when you're actually sitting there at the lake, the lake is massive. Capital Lake, this massive alpine lake at the base of the mountain is beautiful in itself. But like seeing the mountain right next to it and just being down there was an incredible experience and there was so much wildlife too like there was just so much going on um so i stayed the first night um slept until well tried to sleep until like two in the morning and woke up got all my stuff together packed real light uh just carried the amount of food i was going to need in the water that i was going to need i went over to the lake you know scooped up some water um didn't even have to filter it. I just That's drank the, the cleanest, yeah. just drank the water That's straight amazing. from the lake. I didn't didn't even have to. They're to, talking like four, six, eight hours of sleep. Yeah, so like maybe that. And I was we were drinking too in an elevation. Like oh, you know, man. when you take a drink, it yeah. hits you yeah. a lot harder. Oh, yeah. So I went to bed drunk as hell, and I woke up like dehydrated, hungover, hungover. Oh, it was like three in the morning, and I was like. I, I was sitting there battling with the with the thought of it all night because every time I looked up at that mountain, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking die if I go up there. So I just kept, you know, you know, thinking it over, trying to visualize it, and then finally, I just made the decision at like three in the morning to just just get up and go. So I took off and I started moving. I get to the base of the mountain and the first portion that you're going up is the saddle. So I made my way up the saddle. I saw some little lights that were also going up the switchbacks that actually get you up to the saddle. And I get there and I, you know, met up with a couple of guys. They, they were just, you know, waiting at the top of the saddle and uh, looking off, you see Mount Daly to your left, which is a beautiful mountain. And then the sunrise is, uh, is coming up where you're sitting so we were just looking off waiting for a little bit more visibility and we just kind of just sat there and waited for the sunrise to come up and it was incredible and uh, I met a couple of guys up there who were also summiting they were a little bit more nervous because they've they were actually trying to summit the mountain uh, earlier on in the week and they they couldn't get up they were too sketched out because of the exposure so I'm up there and I'm like, where are those two people that I, that I met up with in the beginning? Because I didn't know where their campsite was. I wasn't really looking for them. I just thought I was going to see them up there. And then finally I see them 
moving through. This guy named uh, Jesse Johnson and his wife. Um, they were they were like really well known mountain climbers, and uh, they've done a whole bunch of fourteeners and. They were up there, and I was like, "Hey, like, glad to see you guys up here." And they're like, "Yeah, you man, let's let's get it." All right, so we're we're a couple deep here, and I got I got another toast to give you guys. So, here's to lying, cheating, stealing, and drinking. If you're going to lie, lie for a friend. If you're going to cheat, cheat death. If you're going to steal, steal a heart. If you're going to drink, drink with me. Amen, brother. All right. But I continue. Perfect, perfect segue into the summit right yeah yeah so uh yeah to continue on um so i met up with uh that group that that, well this couple that i that i met at the at the trailhead before we got to the base of the mountain and uh i i just took their lead from there on out because obviously i'm new to alpine hiking at that point yeah like very 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 green to it and then um they just took the lead and I, I followed them up. So we, uh, we summited K2 from that point on, uh, K2 is a, is a 13,000 footer. That's, uh, once you get to the top of it and you look across, you see Capitol peak, which is <clears throat> a very daunting mountain. This thing is just like sheer rock going all the way up and, and everything's very shale. So, when you're looking at it, you're like, this doesn't, it doesn't look stable at all. It looks, it looks crazy. So we get to the peak of uh, K2. It was just a lot of scrambling, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of bouldering, a lot of scrambling. And then once we were up there, that's when like the real climbing, like technical climbing started. How technical are we talking here? So, so there's different like levels of uh, technicality when when you're climbing. This was like a 5.2 uh, type of climb. So like you have like your level ones, your level twos, level threes. It goes all the way up to like level ten, and that's just like that's based off of how technical the climb can actually get. Uh, I'm not too versed in it, but um, like a level five is like near vertical climbing where it's it can get pretty technical at that point. So we get we get to K2 and we're, we're hanging out up there just kind of enjoying the views at first. We knew we had to move quickly, but um, we sat up there and just kind of admired everything. Um, and Jesse and his wife end up taking their bags off and they start going in and they pull out a whole nother set of rock climbing shoes. So like the ones with the actual like tip at the end of them so they can like nestle into crevices, crevices and, and, and get a firm like touch and feel as to like what you're actually stepping on. Me, I'm just in my regular old Solomon hiking boots that you can't feel a whole lot. And that's like the point yeah. of those boots is so that you can just march through anything. And I'm up there with those and I'm not realizing how technical this climb is going to be when I'm up there. Like even after all the research I did, I was not thinking I was going to need climb actual climbing shoes to to summit it so they pull out their shoes they pull out their gloves and i'm sitting there like i'm going up like this barehanded and with my boots so that's crazy and they're like all right and and like jesse looked over at me too he's like he goes like he's like man like you must be tired you didn't even come up here with trekking poles so i didn't have trekking poles they had trekking poles which 
essentially makes you like a four-legged animal at that point makes things a whole lot easier and i'm moving up there with no poles and he's like his wife looks at me and is like do you want one of these poles and i'm like like no nah, i mean i've already started without them i don't i'm just not gonna use anything i'm just gonna march up and jesse looks over to me and he goes hey, mama raised no bitch huh and that's when we hit the knife's edge so the knife's edge is this portion of the climb that comes before you actually start making your way up up the peak. It's about 150 feet across from where K2 Mountain is and until the point where you start making a near vertical push towards the summit. So we get to the knife's edge and Jesse and his wife end up going before me. And uh, they're just killing it. They're going across. They're like a couple of like mountain goats just, you know, doing their thing. And then I start going. And this is when I turn my GoPro on, which was a, an actual like uh, mouth mount GoPro. Fucking. So, like, you just bite down on this thing. It's like a, like a mouth guard. <laughs> so, like, you put it in your mouth and you just bite down. And... And that's what you're doing. I could have hooked it to a helmet because we, we went up there with helmets just in case of like loose rock fall and whatnot. But um, I forgot my helmet mount. So I just had my mouth mount. So I'm just going gonna to roll with this and hopefully it doesn't fall out and drop down down the side of the mountain. So um, the knife's edge is like a near vertical uh, edge. Like it, it really is what it sounds like is you you are basically like scooting across this thing because there's no place to put your feet on the top of it. It is quite literally like the edge of a knife. So on either side, you're looking down, and this is why I I want to get a video of it because when you look down, you see either side, and it's I think it's a 1,000 feet on either side. Just sheer rock. Sheer rock. If you fall, you're dead and there's nothing to grab onto. A lot of people will do this portion with ropes or they'll do a thing where they they have one person on either side and they have a rope in between them to counteract their weight so they can just push across on either side. But obviously, like I was just following the lead of these two people and they were like, nah, it's not necessary. So um, we get across the knife's edge and at that point, my mind is buzzing. Because you are completely in the moment at that point. There, it, you, you can't have any lack of focus because as soon as you start thinking about something else, it it becomes very dangerous. So you have to be you have to be there, you know, with the mountain, not worrying about what's going on at home, what's going on with your relationships. You're just there. I tell you that when you came home, you showed us that footage, and then let us know you did it with your mouth. I mean, it's breathtaking, palm sweating yeah. footage to be like. We'll I didn't have to believe put it up that on you our did Instagram. it. It's up on the page, crazy. Yeah. for sure. I'll give you the full length video of me going there and back too. It's oh, insane. Man. It, it's wild, man. Um, but we we get across it, and that's when I stopped using the mouth mount because it started to like impair my vision to a point where I, I couldn't see past the mouth mount. And the climbing started to get so technical where if I threw that thing in and, and tried to film, it would have just it would just put me at risk. Now, did it affect your breathing at all? Yeah. So I, I've been used to 
nose breathing. So I like when I'm running, I don't use my mouth to breathe. I use my nose and I strictly just just breathe through my nose. And if you try it, it's extremely uncomfortable, but it's supposed to help um, build up cardiovascular endurance if you do it over a long period of time. So that that's how I got ready for that climb was I was just breathing through my nose and I was able to run longer, run faster, and it helped my endurance a lot. So when I was up there with that thing in my mouth, it really didn't impair my breathing at all. It was actually like, it felt natural because I've been running like that for so long. So we get to the point where, you know, we're, we're climbing up, we're, we're pushing for the summit. Things are just like really sketchy because that, that rock is so shale that if you don't have at least three points of contact at all times and you're not checking every rock that you're grabbing onto, you could put a full, you could put full pressure on a rock that you think is safe and you might grab onto it and that thing will just release and it could be the size of a person. That's how big the rocks got where you would grab onto it and it would be loose and you're like, no way, am I going to... Now, did that happen to you at all? So it happened to me once. So we're, we're pushing to the summit and we're on this spot where we are going, we're going down and then trying to go back up again. Like we had to like gain elevation and then come back down to find a better route up to the summit. So as we're coming down, say you're looking straight across, you're just, you're looking out and you got about a thousand feet in front of you of just nothingness. And Jesse was the lead so he pushed on he was finding the route for us and making it safe and his wife was in front of me and I was traveling a little too close behind her and there was one rock that I grabbed onto she's further down she's at like the point of no return where like if she were to fall off or just get nudged by anything she's dead she's gonna drop hundreds of feet and just plummet and I'm behind her and I'm traveling a little too close because typically you want to, you know, have enough space in between each other just in case you do grab onto something and it falls off. You don't want it to hit that person in front of you. Me being an inexperienced climber, I'm, I'm going down. I grab onto a rock and this thing is, it's like half the size of me and it starts to let loose. And she's kind of in a point where she's still maneuvering downward and I like scream out to her. I'm like, Hey, like this rock is coming down and I can't hang on to it any longer. Cause then now it's going to take me down with me yeah. with it. So she, she like looks back at me and then moves out of the way real quick. And I just like let this rock go and it tumbled down and she like looked back at me and was like, wow, you just almost killed me and saved my life within like 30 seconds. And then we just kind of like laughed it off and I'm like, yeah, that almost actually happened. So that's scary. It was terrifying. Yeah, that's got to be mind-boggling, especially as you're getting to the freaking top. You know, you're almost at your goal, and here you are, kind of borderline messing it up for the both of you, either one way or another. You know, it's going to be the worst outcome that you wanted, but somehow like, you managed to get by. I'd like to like relate that kind of like to a golf hole, right? Like you have a bad shot, and you got to forget it. Is that like the kind of thing like as soon as it happens you have to forget it to move on yeah like if you start if you start thinking about like it's with anything if you start getting down about yourself because you made a mistake you're you're gonna lose focus 
and then you're not going to be able to continue on what you're doing in such like a high stake environment. If you start letting things like that get to you and you start getting out of focus, you're 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 putting yourself and the rest of the people you're with at even more risk. So like things like that, you're like, okay, that was a close call. Let's reset and reevaluate and continue to press forward. And that's just what we did. I just, you know, recognized that that was a big mistake and we just corrected it from there. And we, uh, we pushed to the summit. We got to uh, a false peak, which we, we thought we were there and then realized we weren't. And then we went up this really, really sketchy portion where it's like once you pass it, you get to the peak, but going up it was the most technical climbing I've ever done where you're going straight up and you look behind you. If you fall, you're, you're gone. It, there's nothing to save you behind you. It's no just ropes. sheer nothing, dude. It's just sheer, just sheer rock fall. Yeah. And, and we uh, free soloed this entire climb. Um, it, it was wild. And then like, once I got past that, that was like the major push. Cause I had to like the pack on me that I was wearing wasn't heavy. But it was just enough weight to make me feel really uncomfortable on a, you know, on a rock wall that seemed very unstable. But well, everything vertical too, and right? it was vertical. It was straight yeah. up, and oh, some of it even came to the point where I felt like I was almost like upside down, and I was grabbing onto things, looping my legs around, trying to pull myself up. And then finally, like we got up, we got to the summit, and the two guys who are also pushing for the summit made it up there who we met at the at the saddle um like i said those guys were trying for a couple days trying to make it up there and then finally they got up so they were electric and there was this other guy who took a completely different route i don't remember his name but he was from the boston area that's cool he took a completely different route from what we did he went up an even sketchier portion and uh was up there like okay what's up like nothing even phased him like this guy's been doing it all his life and it was uh only like his third or fourth mountain as well. So to like be up there and to have it be my first 14 or my first major peak was like a real shock to my system. And to be the highest thing for miles, you, you have this like overwhelming sense of joy and it just, it makes you want to like keep doing it. It's like, once you hit that, that, that like a major peak like that, there's this feeling that like sets in with you, like like you did something major. Um, so yeah, man, we sat up there for a while. We like you know drank some Fireball and yeah. just kicked <laughs> back and hung out for yeah. a bit, just like That's you know enjoying the views. It was a clear, clear day, no clouds in sight. It's beautiful. And uh, yeah, that, that's all she wrote. The only thing is, is like at, you know once you summit a mountain like that, you got to go back down. Yeah. Oof. That was sketch. I feel like there's a lot of lessons you can learn from doing something like that, though. Like you touched on briefly, like a little, a few things, like the two guys that you met that had gone up there and failed and then they pushed through and eventually did it. Like that's a huge lesson or like manifestation of like, try, try, try until you get it. Like, don't give up. Um, And then just like stepping out of your comfort zone, doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Like you went out there, never done it before dove right in into something that most people would never even think of doing which is crazy um and a million other probably lessons or quote cards that you could see scrolling on instagram from 
a quick day's adventure. Yeah, you met, it's you met it's impressive. People. It's inspiring. Like yeah, I met some people you wouldn't have met. I mean, we're at the top of the world, and I couldn't even imagine those conversations up at the top of the mountain. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, hey, we almost died. We did it. We're here. Good job. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then like look at that. You're just kind of shocked that you're up there. You, it, it doesn't even feel real until you get down. You know, like the the climb down was uh, it was interesting. It was pretty quick. But we, we we found ourselves in a in a couple of sticky situations because like the weather obviously turns really quickly up there and it mm-hmm. started to get kind of gnarly. So we just tried to move as fast as we possibly could. Jesse ended up you know busting his knee pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Was able to get down, but like we were moving so quick, just trying to get out of the whatever storm was coming that he hurt himself pretty badly. But Damn. it was when I got to the bottom. I realized, like, looking up at the mountain, that I just, I I overcame something that was bigger than what my mind could could contemplate or comprehend. It was, it was something massive. And you come down, and, it, like, the further away you get from it, the bigger it looks. And everyone who's on their way to that mountain is looking at you, asking you questions like, how was it? Like, did you actually go up there? Like, you're crazy. And... Uh, you, you kind of feel like a celebrity, like once you awesome. once you reach a, a peak like that, and then come down, and then you start telling people like how you got up there, and they realize it's your first one, and they're like, "Wow, man, that's actually something pretty incredible." So like sitting with that for a while, like even on the way back, like the drive was an experience. I, I was like overcome with emotion. I, I couldn't even believe it happened, but. Like you said, like there was a, there was a ton of lessons that I was able to learn from that experience, and I was also able to find myself in that that perfect moment of life where nothing else mattered. It was it was only what you were doing at that moment in time. It's like it's barely like you're thinking; you're just operating at that point. It's like physical meditation. Right. Literally, man, I think Absolutely. you get, I think that there's something that comes with doing something extremely difficult, like physically tasking, that is also like comparable to, to having like a deep sense of meditation. Because when you're doing something really hard and you get that, that feeling like, oh man, like I, I've been working so hard, but like I know there's a greater feeling at the end of it. I just have to overcome this obstacle. You get a deep sense of like oneness. Like, oh man, I feel so good right now. And instead of just like sitting there for 20 minutes, you know, in like a deep meditative state, you just worked your ass off. And now you have this extreme blissful feeling that only comes from really grinding yourself down to the the bone. And that's what I got from it. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing this because this, this feeling is, so on, uh, unlike crazy. anything else I've ever experienced. So that that was my uh, my capital peak adventure, and like I, I wouldn't do it again. Not that mountain in particular. No, no. Nah, I wouldn't do that one again. It was just too dangerous. Too dangerous. Too, sketchy, yeah. too many unknown oh, factors, yeah. and even the guy who I was with, who's a very experienced climber, was like, wouldn't do it again. It's just... It's crazy. It, it's a roll of the dice when you go up there every time. So you could be the best climber and a rock might give way and then you're 
plummeting down hundreds of feet to your death. And yeah, hard pass. You yeah. don't want to do that to climb a mountain, man. No, no, you want to enjoy. There's it. a certain there's a there's a, a, a certain bit. level of risk you put into something before you, you know, before you do it. But anything that you learned in terms of like preparedness and and things like that do you have to get some climbing shoes for your next yeah adventure yeah i would definitely something like that technical i would get a pair of climbing shoes i would probably bring some gloves because a lot of those little um crevices when you're going down it's so much harder to climb down than it is up i believe it you know because it's it's harder to see it's just it's a more uh it's more difficult thing to do so we were going down this one portion where they were locking their hands into the rock. So like there's crevices in the rock where you can stick your fingers in there and create a fist. And because it's so small, when you create a fist, your hand locks in place and it's almost like an anchor. Nice. So when you anchor yourself like that, you know, you can do it barehanded, but it's going to shred your fingers up. So what they did is they had these nice, you know, Kevlar type gloves that they would stick their hands in, they create a fist, and they would anchor themselves in as they were going down the crevice. And with me, <clears throat> my hands got destroyed trying to go down this portion the same way they did. I didn't have gloves. I was just like, let's just yeah, let's just go with it. For it. But um, in terms of like things that I would I would bring, I mean, I brought everything I needed. I, I was pretty prepared for this climb. That's good. Just knowing like your surroundings too, because like if you're on a mountain like that and you see an alpine lake at the bottom, you know that there's probably water up there. So at a certain point, we were able to go like halfway through our climb and and there was a nice, you know, alpine stream coming down and that's where we would, you know, replenish our water. That had to have been the best tasting water. It was incredible. It was so like revigorating, like putting, you know, water in you that's coming from just the, the salt stone and oh, yeah, it's just like pure mineral water basically yeah you don't have to filter it you just throw it in your water bottle or you, or you drink it straight from the from the stream and, and that was that was an experience and then like like sliding down the snow on my way down and that just, blast. just taking off man it, like knowing like oh i did it and then just enjoying the the ride down was was good that's so cool. But I, yeah, you know, doing like big climbs like that, bring a sap phone, you know, don't be stupid and, and do your research. Like if you're, if you're going to go do a big climb, make sure you understand, you know, the consequences and the dangers that come with climbing a big alpine mountain, especially like 14ers aren't easy. You can, you know, they're doable, but you want to make sure that you're in you know, pretty good shape and understand like how long it actually takes to get up one of those suckers because it takes it could take you a whole day it's crazy so when we're doing the grand so the grand (laughs) is definitely going to probably be my next my next push yeah so i've been looking up videos and trying to see exactly like how long it takes to get up there and if it's you know if people can actually free solo it because i don't want to do anything really that involves ropes i'd rather just I'd rather just climb and, <laughs> and and do it that way. Um, I like a little bit of risk. I don't like it you know, so much that I I'm in real significant danger, but enough to where I know I can push past it. So that one will probably be my next one. That'll be fun because that one's you know that one's a big one. Yeah, that's and, a. And I definitely want to go push. out to Jackson again. So and I, I would just have to find somebody. Who who call was either Jimmy climbed Chen. before? But call up old <laughs> Jimmy and be like, "Hey man, like help me up." But 
Yeah. That's uh, probably the next one. And I'll, I'll do my research and make sure that it's it's doable and I go at the right time of year and whatnot. Just like I'm I sure this it one. is. Probably summer, July or August is probably their best bet. Yeah. If I had to guess. But Yeah, the warmer the better. You don't want yeah. no ice, no snow up there. Same like yeah. with Capitol, there was no ice or snow on the peak. That mountain was dry, which was ideal. That's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. So solid experience though, man. Like I, I recommend people, you know, go like go out of your comfort zone and go do things that, you know, that aren't easy because you're going to, you're going to learn something about yourself. But, um, if you, if you do something challenging, like understand the dangers and the level of experience that you have going into something and, you know, just, just do your best in whatever it is that you're going to try and do, but be smart about it. Sure, man. Life lessons brought to you by Adam Jocks. Absolutely. I, uh, really appreciate you coming on and it's been just an hour and a half's worth of life lessons and, adventure and we're definitely gonna have to have you back on in the near future um we have a lot that we haven't even touched on so far and i think that we definitely can dig pretty deep i mean every time me and you have conversations me you and austin have conversations they get deep real quick real fast and i hope for anyone that's listened to this and has made it this far you've taken away something uh yeah, I, Austin, you have anything? That, cheers to you, brother. Yeah, cheers to you. Yeah, cheers, boys. I mean, I think we didn't didn't mention this, um, but Adam just got back from going away to the army. Um, it's first time home in what was it nine months? Nine yeah. months. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And thank you for doing what you're doing. Really, really have the biggest biggest respect for you in the world and yeah we love you brother huge inspiration and yeah yeah guys there's more adventures to come especially like stay tuned like we're brand new at this whole podcasting thing but i think with with some more reps we're gonna get better at talking and better like getting to the point and whatnot but um, i I think this was this was in terms of what i wanted out of a podcast episode yeah. This is definitely it. That's good, man. This is You're the fucking more man. than more yeah. than you can ask for, and you, and you killed it. So, thanks for coming on. Uh, until next time, thank you guys for listening. And yeah, we'll yeah, talk to you later. Hopefully, see you soon.